You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Jackson Vandekamp's Not-So-Final Repose by Cecily Sass on AO3, Chapter 2, Act 2. The FBI agent standing on the edge of the cafe, unlike the boy, recognizes the old man immediately. Fox Mulder gives the man a confused look, a look that can mean anything from, huh, there is someone I haven't seen for a long time, to, huh, there is someone whom I personally know to be dead. It makes the old man uneasy, but only for a moment. Mr. Bruckman, Mulder says conversationally as he walks to the table, his tone cheerful. Clyde Bruckman, it's been a while. Agent Mulder, the old man says. He gestures with his hand towards the empty chair in front of him, the same way he had with the boy. Iced tea? There are two glasses of iced tea now, and even a menu, glossy robin's egg blue with a geometric border, sitting on the table. The details of the dream are getting more complicated, the old man notes. He wonders why Jackson's mind is a very thick forest. Mulder, settling into the chair, looks down at the iced tea, scowling thoughtfully. He picks it up and takes a big gulp. This is a dream, I assume, Mr. Bruckman, since you died more than 20 years ago. That long, huh? The old man gives Mulder the same enigmatic smile he previously gave the boy. Yeah, it's a dream. You're very smart. But it's not my own dream, I don't think. I'm a visitor, am I right? Right, the old man says. Don't worry about whose dream it is. Not important. I have more important business. Mulder looks interested. Oh, yeah? Are you going to tell me about my death? No, no. Don't worry about that either. The train whistle is audible again, and Mulder looks about, his eyes very bright and alert. He twists around to try to see the train, in vain. It's so strange about this place. It reminds me exactly of a train station I remember in London, but little details are all off somehow. You've been to London, huh? I went to college in England, Mulder says. He can't seem to sit still. He keeps looking around at the menu, the table, the billboards. Of course, that was a long time ago now. The old man scratches his chin, looks at Mulder, considering him. I'm sort of surprised by you. How so? Mulder takes a big gulp of iced tea. Someone comes to you in a dream. It seems like they must have an important message. But you don't seem very curious about my message for you at all. Oh, I am, Mr. Bruckman. I don't mean to be rude, Mulder smiles. I just am sort of fascinated by this dream environment. It raises lots of questions. You mentioned the train station, the old man says. What else? Have you looked at this menu? The old man picks up the menu and opens it. It is filled with text, top to bottom, and even some illustrations of sandwiches, but every bit of text is unintelligible, full of syllables with accents above them that make up no language the old man knows. Gibberish, the old man says, scowling. Gibberish would make more sense to me, Mulder says. Gibberish would just be random filler text from someone's unconscious mind, but that isn't gibberish. I happen to know what language that is. It's Navajo. Now why is that menu in Navajo? God, I have no idea, says the old man, staring at it in alarm. So this isn't your dream, 
Mulder asks, looking around. Dead people don't dream, the old man responds, as if this were obvious. Huh, Mulder says, and I suppose that's probably true. He looks at him closer. I've thought about your dream sometimes, Mr. Bruckman, in the years since. The dream you told me about? It left a particular impact on me due to the way you died. I am sorry, by the way, about how that unfolded. I know Scully was, too. The old man shifts uncomfortably, takes a sip of his iced tea. I don't miss being alive, the old man says. Only some things, like, um, hydra cookies. There is the smallest of pauses, the tiniest of pauses. Mulder's eyes narrow almost imperceptibly. Mr. Bruckman, Mulder says, watching him closely, that dream you told me about, what was it again? I don't remember, the old man says. Who can remember a dream from 20 years ago after being dead? But you had it so many times, Mulder says softly. Dying kills brain cells, the old man says. Mr. Bruckman, Mulder says, what was your favorite Big Bopper song again? The old man cradles his chin in his hand, staring at Mulder. He says nothing. He has no idea who the Big Bopper is. The name reminds him vaguely of the name of an Atlanta rapper some classmates spent a long time telling him about back in school, but he knows it's probably not the same guy. The jig is up. Jackson? Mulder says, his eyes wide. Dad, the old man answers, slight sarcasm coloring his voice. I had you going for a while there, didn't I? This is your dream, then. Mulder's voice is mostly calm, but Jackson can hear the slight tremor. Yeah, Jackson says, as the old man. Can you show me your own body? Jackson allows himself to appear there as Jackson, still holding the glass of iced tea, facing his father with the similar hair and build. You're alive, Mulder says, his voice still not entirely steady. Yeah. Why, why were you appearing to me as Clyde Bruckman? How do you even know about Clyde Bruckman? Jackson smirks a little and shifts in his seat. I didn't know his name until you said it, but I did meet him a few minutes ago, before you came. Mulder looks baffled. Really? How? Why? No idea, Jackson says. He said I brought him here. I don't get how, but he was a funny guy. He loves my mom, and he thinks you're a dick. He thinks I take after you. He was dead before you were even born, Mulder says, blinking. I figured that much out. Mulder looks at his hands. Hey, listen, did a spender or someone tell you that... That I'm not your son? There's an awkward pause. Mulder clears his throat. That doesn't mean I don't think of you like my son, Mulder adds. I'm always going to think of you as my son. You will always be... Bruckman said that Spender lied, Jackson interrupts. And that's what I see, too, in my own, you know, visions. Mulder stares hard back at him. His mouth hangs open slightly. Jackson isn't sure what else to say. He shrugs. So it looks like you're stuck with me, genetically speaking? He meets Mulder's eyes. I mean, I think we do sort of look alike, right? Our builds? And, well, 
Bruckman said we were both dicks and dumb in love. Dumb in love you get from your mom, Mulder says, his voice creaky. I'm a goddamn genius in love. I punch way above my weight. Jackson smiles a little. It does seem like it. You have no idea, Mulder says. They look at each other in silence for a moment. So, uh, where are we? Mulder gestures around him. King's Cross Station, Jackson says sullenly. He is ashamed of this unoriginal childish fancy of his subconscious. Like in London. Mulder looks around again, intrigued. That's what I thought, but not exactly. It's not right exactly. Jackson regards him curiously. Is it possible his father has lived through the first decades of the 21st century without a passing familiarity with the Harry Potter story? But then, Jackson realizes, Mulder didn't have a kid. And he does seem like kind of a weird, isolated guy. Well, I've never been there to London, Jackson says flatly. But King's Cross Station is part of a dream heaven in a book I used to like as a kid. So I guess it looks like I used to imagine the train station from the book or the movie, not like it does in reality. Wait, Harry Potter, right? Mulder says, clearly recalling hearing something about it and eager to demonstrate he is not such a weirdo after all. Jackson shrugs. I'm not into it anymore. I guess it's still somewhere in my head, though. Mulder fingers the rim of the iced tea glass and looks up at Jackson. I do wish I had known you when you were a kid, he says, his voice rough. That's sort of the understatement of the century. Eh, I wasn't so great, Jackson says. I was basically like I am now, but shorter. Jackson feels like he needs to make jokes to cheer the FBI agent up to break the tension. He doesn't always feel pressure to make others feel comfortable like this, and he wonders where it comes from. Mulder smiles, then leans back in his cafe chair, swirling his iced tea glass around a little so the ice clinks. So, did you ask me here on purpose, Jackson? Or did I just show up uninvited? On purpose? Jackson says. I made you come here on purpose. Huh, Mulder says, looking at him carefully. Do we have something to talk about? Yeah, Jackson says, we do. He flips his fingers through his hair, tries to think about how to do this. He liked the idea of doing it as Bruckman better, but this is, he admits, more honest, a better start with his father. You're having trouble thinking about how to say it, Mulder says. I think I need to start to come back and uh, meet with you and my mother again, because I want to protect her. Mulder looks surprised. Protect your mother? No, my mother doesn't really need protection. She is herself, and you. I meant, you know, the baby. Mulder stares at him again. He opens his mouth, then closes it, then runs one hand up and down the side of his face. How could you possibly know? She'll need to be protected when she's a baby, and when she's a little girl. I, uh... Just found out about the pregnancy myself, Mulder says slowly, looking at him closely. You seem to know a sex. She's my sister, Jackson tried to explain. She's going to be my little sister, my only sister. And that man Bruckman said she'll be there for me my whole life. He said she'll be important to me. 
I want to protect her. I, I need to. Can you get that? Mulder's eyes become very soft, misty. Yeah, he says. Yeah, Jackson, I get that. He stares at Jackson and takes a drink of iced tea, and Jackson realizes that Mulder's eyes are actually spilling over with tears, many tears. That's when it hits him, something from his research about the FBI agents. His father had lost a little sister, had spent years looking for her, only to find out she was long dead. Jackson doesn't like to be a jerk. He awkwardly reaches to touch the man's elbow, then moves his hand away quickly. He's truly terrible at this. I uh, forgot about your sister, he says. I'm sorry, I probably said that in a weird way. I wasn't trying to be weird. No, it's all right, Mulder says, wiping his eyes with his sleeve. It's just I'm an old man now, and I've been hit with a lot in the past few days, and I wasn't expecting the one-two emotional punch of father and brother baggage there all at once, you know? Congratulations on the baby, Jackson says dully. He is actually being bizarrely emotionally open for him, but the FBI agent wouldn't know that because he doesn't know him. Thank you. It's surreal. This is all surreal because a baby? For so long you've been the baby, in my mind. I don't even know how to think about a new baby. Jackson smiles a little. It's hard not to be touched by these parents who've held on to him for so long, even if they're strange and their motives are so hard to understand. Did Bruckman say anything else about your sister? Mulder says, leaning forward. What she's like? Good at science? Red hair? Jackson shakes his head. He hadn't thought to ask much. It's good you two will be close, Mulder says, sounding dazed. Especially since your mom and I are no spring chickens and we won't be around for as long as we might want in her life. It's good she'll have you. It's all actually miraculous. Mulder blinks, clearly still thinking about this. He wipes his eyes again, the tears still there. Can I ask... Why you brought me here for this, Jackson? Why not your mom, too? Jackson looks down at the pattern on the edge of the menu. It's not easy for me, he said. I'm not sure why exactly. I have to do it a step at a time. And mothers, they sort of uh, pack the biggest emotional punch, right? No offense. None taken, Mulder says gently. I had a mother once, and I am pretty emotionally attached to yours myself. Especially because it's like I have these little pieces of her life in my head, like, all the time. So I've had some connection, but I don't know which parts are real and which parts aren't, and it's so confusing and painful. When you think something is real, and it's not, Jackson stops talking, shocked he said this much, that he has said things he didn't even realize were true until he said them out loud. Yeah, Mulder says, his hand reaching out to touch Jackson's arm. That does seem confusing and painful. You can take it as slow as you want to. She'll get it. It's not that I don't care, Jackson says. It's sort of the opposite. She will get it, Mulder smiles. I'll tell her. Her love is really, really big, Jackson. They look at each other for a moment. Jackson thinks the moment should make him uncomfortable, but it doesn't somehow. A sudden shadow passes over Mulder's face. He scowls. He picks up the menu again, tracing a finger along the text. Navajo, he repeats to himself. 
Abruptly standing up, a focused look on his features, he begins looking around the cafe as if searching for something. Jackson, confused, tries to follow the direction of his eyes. Platform 42, Mulder points to a sign suspended above them. He scowls again. He walks towards a billboard lining the wall. It is advertising a planned community with watercolored images of families standing in front of immaculate homes. The Falls at Arcadia, he reads to Jackson. He then walks along and finds another billboard farther along that Jackson can't see quite as clearly. And look, visit beautiful Martha's Vineyard, done in a retro 70s style. He walks back to sit down again at the table, facing Jackson. I assume none of these details are from your book? No, Jackson shakes his head. Some of them seem like sort of American details for your subconscious mind to fill in for King's Cross Station, don't they? I don't know, Jackson shrugs, frustrated. I just know I've never been to Martha's Vineyard and I don't speak Navajo. They aren't details from your life. They're details from mine, Mulder says. He lifts up the glass of iced tea. Right down to my favorite drink when I need to focus, mixed with the perfect amount of sugar exactly the way I like it. Jackson is perplexed. But I didn't know that. I didn't know any of this. How could my mind have included your memories? Mulder scowls, takes a sip of his perfect glass of iced tea. The cafe chairs, Jackson says, remembering. Before, Brookman said the pattern on the back of the chairs looked like a brain. Immediately interested, Mulder stands up again, circling around to examine the back of his chair. I don't really see it, Jackson says. The metal bars are shaped in an irregular, flower-like pattern. It is unusual, granted, but it doesn't look especially like a brain to Jackson. Mulder runs his hands along it. Huh, I think it's the shape of a brain being imaged, like an MRI, he says softly. What? Jackson shakes his head, staring at it. Seriously? That's so freaking weird. Why? I think it's my brain, as a matter of fact, Mulder says in wonder. He looks up. I'm starting to get this, I think. Well, I'm definitely not, Jackson says indignantly. It isn't details from my memories, Mulder says, because I haven't spent as much time in my own life looking at pictures of my brain. And my MRIs aren't significant memories for me. Huh? I think these details are in your subconscious mind as a result of your connection to your mother, Mulder says. They're from Scully. They're little fragments of her memories of me, impressions, pieces. Jackson looks around him, slowly taking this in. I think you created this dream space in your subconscious for a meeting with me, Mulder continues. Her memories helped you, well, decorate for it without realizing it. You can't be serious. Jackson can't imagine this is how it works. Right down to the drinks, Mulder adds softly, taking a sip of his iced tea with a smile. Jackson doesn't speak for a moment. Something about this doesn't quite make sense to him. But I didn't come here expecting to meet with you, he says. I only decided to talk to you after I spoke with he stops. Clyde Bruckman. Mulder and Jackson look at one another. 
they seemed to have the same thought at the same time. What if Brockman wasn't ever speaking with me at all? What if he was just my dream based on my mother's memory of him, Jackson says. His voice sounds very small, almost a whisper. Do you think that could be true, Mulder says, watching him closely. He knew things, Jackson says. He knew you were having a baby. Neither of them speaks. Which, Jackson finishes realizing, obviously my mom knew too, so that could have come from her mind. That doesn't prove he wasn't here, Mulder says. He said you were my father, Jackson says, his panic rising, but I also saw that in my own visions, and I think deep down my mom thinks it's true too, so I could have known that already. He said the baby was a girl, but that could be just a guess. Jackson forces a deep breath before he goes on. He said the baby would be important to me, that I would become closer to you and Agent Scully, that I would grow up to be happy, but that could just be me wanting those things to be true. Jackson, those things can be true no matter what, Mulder says softly. He knew I read Harry Potter when I was a kid. Jackson whispered. He knew I was by, but of course he would. It's my own head. He knows everything I would. Do you remember anything else he said? Mulder says gently. Maybe you can think of something he said that is a real detail, something that would really come from him, not from Scully's memories or from your own. He said that you believed he was a psychic back in the day. He said that he uh, sort of trolled you, said you were going to have an embarrassing death. He said that you and my mother weren't having sex back then, but you were thinking about it. All of that would easily be in Scully's memories, Mulder says, looking slightly sheepish. Jackson is silent. Did he eat cookies when you knew him? Like some kind of cookies that started with an H and sounded like Hydra? Hydrox, Mulder says. They're like Oreos. And no, not that I remember. He liked pie. He said he missed Hydrox cookies, Jackson says quietly. Maybe that was something real from his real life. It doesn't sound like very much to hold on to. Yeah, Mulder says, rubbing his mouth. Yeah, it definitely could be. I want to believe he was really here, Jackson says. Me too, Mulder says. But... It also doesn't matter, Jackson. Everything good that came out of this conversation can come out whether he was here or not. Jackson looks at the FBI agent, blinking. Mulder's eyes are on him, concerned. The boy is worried he might be close to tears, which would be embarrassing. I might have some of my notes from the case Bruckman was involved in, Mulder adds, watching him closely. We had a fire in our office a few years later and some were lost. But I have the old digital files. You can come over to our house and look. See if you can see something that rings a bell. You can ask Scully if she knew about the cookies. Yeah, okay, Jackson says, nodding. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine, Jackson says tightly. For some reason, this response makes Mulder's face bloom into a slow, weary smile. He shakes his head, sighing, as if resigned to not knowing more. Slowly, he begins to look around again at the surrounding train station, his eyes drifting to each detail. So you've never been to London, huh? No, 
Jackson shook his head. Maybe we could go, Mulder suggests, fidgeting nervously with the corner of the menu. If you want. To London? Sure, we could all go. Me, you, your mom. We could take your sister when she's big enough. See the real King's Cross station, although it's not really very exciting, just a train station. We could visit Oxford, too. And there's, you know, tons of other things to see. Scully would like it, too, I think. Jackson tries not to get too excited thinking about this. He looks up at Mulder, his face a mask now, shrugging. I don't have a passport. I'm officially dead. It seems like a kid with your abilities probably can figure out ways to work that out. That doesn't seem like a very good federal agent answer, says Jackson, raising his eyebrow. Well, I think many would say I'm not a very good federal agent. Jackson smiles despite himself, takes a sip of his own iced tea cautiously. I'd like to go to London. Okay, well, then good, Mulder says, pleased as if it's settled. He shifts positions in his seat. What about the Yankees? You ever see them play? No, Jackson says, rolling his eyes, but I'm not really into. Don't say it, Mulder says. You'll break my heart. Pretend you'll go see the Yankees with me. Jackson smiles again, conceding. All right, fine. You'll like it once you're there, Mulder says confidently. Jackson isn't so sure, but Mulder's enthusiasm is hard to resist. It would probably be good to take my sister, too, buy her a bunch of snacks and souvenirs and stuff. Now you're getting it, Mulder says. I can definitely make sure she's a Yankees fan, huh? Buy her enough cotton candy and she'll be yours, Jackson says wryly. Mulder laughs a little. He looks down at the menu, swallows. Jackson can see the anxiety written on his face. When do you think we'll see you again, Jackson? Not in a dream. Soon, Jackson promises. They make eye contact again. I won't show up looking like me, Jackson says, because of the danger, and because I'll probably be a little nervous. But you'll show us it's you eventually? Yeah. Okay, Mulder says softly. Father and son hold eye contact a moment more. And when I see you then, Jackson says in a voice that sounds much younger than he is. Will you say something right away to show me you remember this? So I know this conversation wasn't a dream too? I'll say iced tea, Mulder says. Then you'll know. All right? Okay, Jackson says. This conversation is happening, William, Mulder says. He closes his eyes, shakes his head. I'm so sorry. I meant Jackson. It's okay, Jackson says. In my mom's mind, that's what she calls me a lot, too. I'm sure she does, Mulder says. It's hard for us. But it's important that we really know the person you are now, not just the baby we lost. Yeah, Jackson thinks about that. To the FBI agents, their long-lost baby was something real that turned into their dream, the most important dream in their lives, just like the mysterious red-headed birth mother was to him for a while. And one thing he knows about dreams from experience is that they are not always harmless. Uh, Mulder? 
he says to his father, calling him by his mother's name for him without really noticing it. I think that I'm about to wake up. I can sort of uh, feel it coming. And when I wake up, I think you'll probably wake up too. Okay, Mulder nods, slowly, cautiously. Jackson runs his fingers nervously through his hair. Will you tell my mom hi for me? Tell her everything I said, he says. Tell her I'll, I'll come see you soon. Yeah, of course. Don't forget, Jackson says. Iced tea, right? Iced tea. They stare at each other one more time. Jackson blinks heavily, and he discovers his eyes are wet after all. His father, shiny-eyed too, smiles at him, abruptly grabs his hand. He only holds it for a moment. Then Jackson wakes up. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.